Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Hey, yo. Hey, hey. how you doing? Hey. hey, Your Honor, let's meet on the side. I want to make a deal. These people shouldn't be able to carry. They can't be trusted. They're hey. not real criminals. That's, hey, you put more guns. What do you expect? Yeah, so we're going to get into that in a few minutes. But I have some updates I want to discuss with every, everybody. I want to, I want to thank John, uh, John Ray Jr. for getting the audio of the lawyer, Kologi, and a few other people with Judge Bum. We're going to go over that. We're going to play it, and we're going to have some commentary because I know a lot of people want to see if I did a really good job of uh, portraying the way the lawyer sounded <laughs> and the way he acted. Sometimes you might have heard this in the background. That was one of his two pinky rings hitting the table <laughs> while he was talking. Um, so a um, couple other things. A lot of people want me to um, invent a sister city, and I'm going to approach Patterson. Okay, good. Yes, yes I'm very gonna, good. So yeah. I need a stuffed giraffe to wrap around my body. I, I need a whole stuffed giraffe. I want to walk in with a stuffed giraffe and just some kind of loincloth on or something. <laughs> something I'm down to 213 good. pounds. I think I can pull it off. You, si, pull you think it I can pull it off? Sai says I could pull it off. Sai's going to be walking next to me, and he's he's going to be he's going to be throwing in front of me as I walk the hair of my enemies that he scalped. That's great. <laughs> Instead of rose petals, and what rose do you think? Pet- and rose petals yes. too. Yeah. I would. Put yes, it. as I walk in, I'm going to walk in, and uh, that that's going. <laughs> That's With gonna be your me. scepter, which uh, you actually have, have do have. You have yeah, one. I have we a know scepter this. in my office. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I want to hold your Long-time listeners to the show will understand the scepter issue. Yeah, yeah you'd have to go back and listen. We yes, have so many do. new listeners, which I think is great. So uh, I just want to touch base on New Jersey. You know, Dan did a great job. David Jensen presented, and we're going to get into that in some detail. But Scott Bach wrote in uh, this month's ANJRPC newsletter, and in ANJRPC's newsletter this month, they listed all the people that donated. And, and there's a lot. There's hundreds. But there should be a lot more people donating to ANJRPC and CNJFO. At the least, you should be donating to those two organizations. So, you know, Scott doesn't get emotional quite often. But uh, this is his commentary, the executive director's message. I, I, you really have to hear this. Politicians, get used to losing. <laughs> the issuance of temporary restraining orders in New Jersey's ANJRPC legal challenge to New Jersey's carry killer law marks an historic turning point for gun rights in the Garden State. For the first time in state history, gun-hating politicians have been stopped in their tracks as one of their precious legislative gems has been blocked by a lower federal court. Wow. The politicians are besides themselves. They are used to rigging the game so that they could never lose and then being backed up by the courts. They're in shock and gasping for air as they realize that their days of trashing the Constitution are now over. I have waited over 20 years to deliver this message to them on behalf of gun owners. Get you to it. 
<laughs> this is only the beginning of a new day in New Jersey. The Supreme Court has spoken in Bruin. Lawmakers have had their resultant temper tantrum, and now they have been handed their collective asses in humiliating defeat. They had better wake up fast because there's a lot more of this coming. In the Cary case, gun owners are destined for permanent victory. I can say that with confidence because the battle has already been fought and won in the U.S. Supreme Court. Our case is not about establishing what the Constitution means. It's about enforcing what has already been established. Despite New Jersey histrionics and fist shaking, they have already lost this fight. And there's more coming in other cases which are starting to heat up. As I write this message, our long-pending magazine ban challenge has been consolidated into our newer assault weapons ban challenge. These cases are now joined together, and there are new action coming in those cases this spring. Mark my words, both of those laws are going to fall as well. It may take longer than the carry case, but it is going to happen. After those cases, there will be even more laws overturned. Gun owners need to recognize that the Bruin case not only affects right to carry, but its instructions on how to evaluate the constitutionality of all gun laws means that much of New Jersey's gun law schemes will ultimately not survive. So buckle up and get ready as we all transition from victims of New Jersey gun laws to victors over them. It is going to be a long and wild ride. As for the overlords in Trenton, if they are wise, they would see the writing on the wall, take a long, hard look at what they have been doing, and set things right before they are forced to do it by a higher authority. But they are not wise. <laughs> and gun owners are ready for this fight no matter how long it takes. Before Bruin, we were cutting a path with hand tools. After Bruin, we've got chainsaws and earth movers. It's a fight we are destined to win one way or the other. So help us God. Scott Bach, executive director, past president of ANJRPC. Don't you just love that? He's angry and he's right. Yeah. We okay. Chainsaw and earth movers, baby. It's really great. You're right. Scott doesn't get emotional often, but when he does, he is quite eloquent at it. You know. Uh, so what do they do? You know, we live in a soprano state here, right? Yeah, and uh, right. it's interesting that we're in the soprano state, and uh, so they put a lawyer like Kologi up. That just, that's <laughs> indicative of everything that we want to talk about. There was also Evan hey, Knapp. He's a political a- hack, too. I mean, the <laughs> oh, guy, oh, my God, just, yeah. He's you know, lost his job and everything. Uh, now, I want Evan Knapp, and you have to listen to the Gun Lawyer podcast this week because he had a big win in New Jersey. It's like a 50-50 thing, interest balancing win, post-Bruin. Right. I'm not going to talk about it in detail here because he's the lawyer. He's the expert on that. So please listen to the Gun Lawyer podcast this week. Uh, there was congressional hearings this week on Capitol Hill with the ATF, and some good questions were asked that if you lie on the 4473 and it's a felonious lie, you can get up to 15 years in prison. So the Republicans asked, why wasn't Hunter Biden ever charged with lying on his 4473? Uh, of course, everybody from the ATF was like, oh, well, I don't have a personal uh, experience <laughs> with that case, so I can't answer that, uh, you know, political speak, political speak, political speak. But we had a congressional witness uh, that's on the ATF admitted that before the pistol brace ruling came out from the NRA, uh, from the ATF, excuse me, the uh, 
the ATF was contacted by the Bloomberg administration saying that they should ban pistol braces. Oh, that's a surprise. So they had formal communication from the Bloomberg groups, you know, every town, Moms Demand, et al., that the pistol brace should be banned. And uh, Representative Chip, Chip Roy got it out at the judiciary hearing from the, uh, from the ATF employee saying that, yeah, the Bloomberg group told us we should act on this. Isn't that great? And you see where the quid pro quo is because now the ATF was just given the largest budget in the history of the organization. Yep. Of the bureaucracy, right? Yep. Isn't that just great? This is how we do it. We just pass fake money around from place to place. And if, but this has always been the case with the bureaucracy, right? This is all they care about. Like we said, it's a self-licking ice cream cone. 100%. 100%. So it was it was interesting that, um, you know, uh, it's they're all inbred and this is how it works now. But it's going to fall. You know, a, a case is going to make it up to the Supreme Court. It's going to be fixed again for the millionth time. Uh, but I listened to the whole uh, lengthy four-hour case in New Jersey, and I also listened to the entire lengthy case for the Second Circuit. So I want to talk to my New Yorkers out there. So New York had five cases, four cases that that dealt with concealed carry, one case that dealt with it's gonna, this new uh, laws are going to hurt uh, 1,700 FFLs in the, the state of New York. And the three judges that were picked out of the Second Circuit, uh, two were anti-gun libs, and one is flaccid Bush appointee, right? So we knew it wasn't going to turn out good. Now, I predicted last week that this will tell us a lot. This will see, this will let us see how post-Bruin, how activist judges are going to rule. So I have some insight today on their questioning, okay, and how they were thinking. But the next thing we should be talking about is when the ruling comes out to see if they were, uh, if they're following anything from Bruin. Because it looks like they're not going to have, they're not going to use interest balancing, the, where Thomas made it quite clear that you had to use 1791 and F your feelings. You know, this is the law. This is the law. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, so it's going to be interesting. But the judges, you could tell in their line of questioning, they're actually not fans of Bruin. They're used to getting their way, being anti-gun. They're used to delay, delay, delay. But the good thing is, let's talk about this. Two times the Second Circuit ruled that there was no uh, temporary restraining order for the residents of New York so they can continue to carry. Both times they did not give a reason. Both times they did not give a court date. After the second time, the Supreme Court came in uh, with Alito and Thomas writing a scathing thing saying basically, go to your room, clean it up, or we're going to come in and do it for you. So the Second Circuit knows the Supreme Court is watching this you know, so we're going to see how long it takes the Second Circuit to rule on this. I would imagine they're not going to be able to delay more than a few weeks where the Supreme Court is going to, you know, the the um, the plaintiffs are going to turn around and say, you know, say to the Supreme Court, we still haven't gotten any relief yet, judges. Do something, right? So we'll see. But the, the questioning, you could see that they were, you know, it was a, it was a spirited three-hour uh, hearing. I got to tell you that. But the two, two judges were openly hostile. And I don't have their names or anything. But, you know, they were asking, again, about sensitive places. And, you know, you can't have guns in crowded places. This is the same arguments over and over again yeah. that Bruin addressed already. Heller addressed it already. And uh, I don't think it's going to end well. Just like Scott Bach wrote for New Jersey, New York is going to have to get used to this losing stuff because we the people have rights. And Thomas wrote that the Second Amendment is not a second right 
uh, uh, right. It's a first rate right, and mm-hmm. it's it, it it's going to happen, you know. And we have all our case dates, you know. We have like Tom, like Scott Box says, we have the uh, the magazine case. And we have the assault weapons case, and don't worry, everybody out there with an other. The uh, the Mock versus Garland case is progressing at the federal appellate court, and it's going to hit. It's going to get a temporary injunction either there or with the Fifth Circuit shortly, because I know a lot of people are worrying about the arm braces and the others and everything else. But it's going to be very interesting for us. You know, we know Judge Bum is leaning towards the Constitution and leaning post Bruin, and when you hear Kologi speak later, you're going to laugh your ass off and, and hear that. But the really important thing is going to be to see what these anti-gun activist judges, how they whip this around post-Bruin, what kind of uh, acrobatics and, uh, you know, what kind of stuff they're going to do to twist Thomas and Alito's majority opinion words to go against Bruin. And then obviously it's just a short hop, skip and a jump from the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. It's going to be brought to the Supreme Court. And I believe that this is a case that is going to be taken immediately by the Supreme Court because Thomas and Alito are watching it because they're watching the lower courts. And if you read any I read all the Bloomberg stuff, they own the trace and mom's demand and every town and all this other stuff. They're pissed off because so many lower cases have been ruled post Bruin for gun owners Mm -hmm. so it's pissing them off they're basically saying it's creating a more dangerous uh country uh and and i have a i have a friend of mine and he's a retired uh cop he wrote a great letter because there was an op-ed in new jersey you know there's always these op-eds in new jersey i love this and uh you know new jersey law we know strict concealed carry works and it was written by lewis capelli jr and he wrote this uh, for nj.com uh, northjersey.com and you know i don't buy this stuff because i don't want to pay the paywall but people send it to me you know but you know recently acting attorney general Plackin discussed new jersey's decrease in gun violence and pointed out that our state's strict gun laws is one of the main reasons for this decline you know that's why it's crime because all the legal gun owners are out there committing crime right it wouldn't okay. be cooking the books would it no, no, not them. Never, you know, no. New Jersey, we have the fourth strongest gun laws in the country. I thought they were the second. Uh, we They're also slipping. have the third lowest rate of firearms death. Imagine if we took the inner city crime, the gang on gang crime out of firearms death and then suicides out of firearms death as well. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if they actually reported 90 percent of the uh, uh, transactions, let's call them, in Newark and Camden and uh, Patterson and Atlantic City and asbury park and on and on and on um properly wouldn't wouldn't that be interesting if they actually recorded what happened but as we know from from people that we do know they don't even respond to gunshots anymore you know it's so this lewis capelli jr he's a commissioner director of camden county who the hell knows what kind of no job job that is exactly but uh my my buddy my buddy lou stitzer who's a retired north bergen cop He wrote, Dear Mr. Capelli, I read your article and disagree. What are statistics for crimes being stopped just by the presence of a good gun? Unfortunately, no statistics exist yet. They are not reported, and the gun grabbers will never say. You bring up statistics about neighboring Pennsylvania and the 1,600 people who die a year 
to gun violence. You need to be more specific, like how many legal permitted citizens contribute to that total statistic. I'm willing to bet very little, if at all. You need to show the statistics on how many criminals on criminal gang violence, suicides, and police-involved shootings. Besides the fact, citizens who jump through all the hoops to obtain a concealed carry permit, which include background checks and proper training requirements, are not the problem. I know you know this. <laughs> Pennsylvania has close to 13 million people, and New Jersey has 9 million. I'm a retired police officer and can carry, can carry concealed over 20 years. Good guns are not the problem. The fact that my bride can carry her gun for self-defense is not a good thing. It's a great thing. As you know, the criminals do not care about any of the laws you pass. They laugh because they are criminals. The only ones that will obey are the law-abiding citizens who are not the problem to begin with. When seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Don't take my bride's ability to defend herself. Respectfully, Lou Stitzer, Lynnhurst. Beautiful job. Thank you, Lou. Yeah, Again, they're, they're flooding the papers with these narratives. Okay, they're just doing this over and over again because they're trying to win the public support by by twisting and bending, you know, the the narrative. We know this. This has been the plan forever. Okay, so I just want to keep reiterating that to all of you. and, uh, you know, if we need people like Lou to stand up. That commissioner, director of commissioners or commissioner of commissioner of commissioners, he doesn't give a <laughs> shit anyway. Right. He I'm doesn't sure even he know what he's talking carry, about. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Carry permit Absolutely anyway. does. And has because and this is what the big issue has been. And we've seen this for years and years are those of the privileged class who have walked or walked around with their carry permits and their and their concealed firearms or their. Uh, detail of armed protectants um, really don't give a crap. They they conflate our our desire to uh, protect our lives and our families' lives against the shitums with the shitums. Yep. 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 You know. Um, by the way. Um, you know the quarantine crawl. We have huge, huge changes coming to the quarantine crawl. Um, you guys are going to be really impressed uh, what we're doing. You know, it ties into where you can and can carry and who's anti-gun you know, gun in New Jersey and stuff. Mm. Look out for it soon. And what started it was I got this email from uh, 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 McBride. He wrote, just met Leo from a little cake in Park Ridge. I told him you sent me. I bought some delicious pastry for St. Joseph's Day. And we talked guns and shooting for 10 minutes. Gun people really are the best people. And again, that's on the quarantine crawl. But there's going to be some huge changes for the quarantine crawl. I think you're all going to be very, uh, very, very happy with uh, what Matt is uh, working on and uh, some other ideas we had. Scott just finished some stuff. But uh, I want to tell you, you know, we had that SIG day for the NFT event here. Mm. And just a few short months ago, most of our members didn't know what an NFT event was. So listen to what what Matt and Phoebe and my entire staff pulled off on Tuesday. Tuesday, we closed the range from 3 o'clock till 9 p.m. While it was closed, my phone started blowing up because some scumbag lowlife in Bergen County at another business spread a rumor that we were closed for the day because we had a tragedy here. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had a post right away. that we had we were closed for the SIG event because we only just posted the range is closed from three to nine. Yeah. So 
on a positive note, believe me, I believe in karma, so it's okay. So, a full day event for our NFT members with Max Michelle, the world champion shooter, Tom Taylor, executive VP of SIG, Jack Barnes, vice president, national sales, Scott Therian, senior director, national field sales and customer service, Sean Willis, uh, manager regional sales, Olivia Gallivan, manager custom works, and Chris Chang, product manager, all for SIG. An incomparable event at Gunfire celebrating our NFT members. We had 200 NFT members, okay? SIG was our partner. SIG donated $45,000 in prizes, Sandy. We gave away five Custom Works P320s. Holy crap. Those were gun for hire paid for. We gave away 20 tickets for a SIG day at SIG New Hampshire. Oh, man. Okay. Our members watched Max Michelle give a live demonstration on his world record draw and then went into the range to watch two additional demonstrations. Needless to say, the event was like no other. SIG sent us 75 guns. By the way, if any of you are looking for oddball, hard-to-get SIGs, the Rose Firearms or any, we have a ton of them here now. Wow. Just like we wrote Benelli, we have a ton of stuff you can't find anywhere. Sopranos Restaurant and Pizzeria catered. We had a ton of food. Juan Dulce Desserts, John and his lovely wife, Luz, from Cliffside Park. Juan Dulce Desserts, they're on the quarantine crawl as well. He brought these miniature desserts, Sandy. There's pictures on our website. There's pictures on the Facebook page. Anyway, what a beautiful, phenomenal day. Everybody was shooting. It was free rentals. There was food. There was entertainment. So many faces here. My, my staff pulled it off uh, phenomenally. I have zero, zero complaints. Gun people truly are the best people. And uh, if you didn't know what an NFT was and you didn't buy one of the initial 200 NFTs, well, you really missed out because we just didn't sell a cryptocurrency. You could have used a credit card or cash, and we didn't just sell a piece of digital artwork, which Matt created. Everybody got a challenge coin that Matt designed with the NFT on one side, the SIG logo on the other side. Everybody got a huge goodie bag of stuff that SIG donated. There was <laughs> optics and everything oh, in there. Oh, man. Listen, everybody got more than the initial $500 NFT cost. That's because that's how we roll at Gun for Hire. We don't do anything half-assed. You know what I mean? We had people come from Exit 3 on the Turnpike, Exit 4 on the Turnpike, people coming from New York. Uh, Jack Cordino from Cordino and Papa bought 20 NFTs. We had another gentleman from New York had five NFTs. Everybody just had a phenomenal time. So I just want to thank you all from top to bottom for making the day a great success. I only had to look, show up and look pretty, which I did very easily, by the way. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Why are you laughing? Oh, just because I missed the How damn much time thing. do we have left? We're at two. We got about 10 minutes left. Okay, so Jayla's Bunnies, J-A-Y. We only have one week left. Jayla'sBunnies.org. Go to Jayla'sBunnies.org, please. I want you all uh, to uh, donate plush animals. Mo Ramadan, you know Mo exit uh, that got screwed in Patterson? Yep. He he uh, he donated and he hooked up to with uh, Rich. So I think everybody should go to jailersbunnies.org. It's the last uh, week. You can uh, ship in some plushes that they're going to give out to kids in hospitals that are terminally ill and have cancer. Uh, he came in here this week with his uh, wife and his lovely family on Sunday to shoot. I autographed some books for him. Uh, so you have to, you know, we have to continue to support those who support you. 
uh, I just think it's it's really really um, a tremendous thing. Uh, I want to do some letters and stuff, Sandy, because when we get to Father Guido Sarducci, Cologi, I don't want that to screw things up. Are you okay? Are you yeah, okay? Yeah, absolutely with that? sure. Yeah, we got time. Okay, uh, this way we'll go a little bit out of order. I, I'm also blown away about how many people that listen to the show and how many supporters we have on the show. Oh, you know what? Before I forget, tons of new classes because we're not going to. I'm not going to have time to to uh, to read this off at the end today, but. Atenzia Kali classes April 16th, May 21st, June 25th. We got this new class now, Urban Mace, okay? Not everyone has the ability mm. to carry a firearm, and you can't carry a firearm everywhere, okay? Right. Yep. Learn how to use mace and protect you and your family. First class is April 25th. It's a four-hour class. We got another one, too, Urban Stun Gun. Nice. We're selling tons of stun guns at the store here, so I figured now would be a good time to uh, have that. So first class is May 16th. We also have Gun Cleaning 101 class, which is a two-hour class. Learn how to clean your gun correctly and from the best. Next class is July 27th because the first two sold out completely. Wow. Uh, Urban Precision Rifle, June 9th and 10th. Let's shoot out to a couple thousand yards or whatever it is they're doing, these guys. That's a two-day class. It's going to be June 9th and 10th. Also, we're constantly teaching our use of force class, okay, taught in a real classroom environment with a short test by retired police and PTC certified instructors, okay? We have our CPR AED hemorrhage control class. We also added a ton more Urban Pistol 2, Urban Pistol 3, Urban Carbine 3, and, uh, and Urban Pistol 3. Check our websites for dates. And none other than Chuck and Luann Leonard are coming back in June to run NRA instructor classes. These classes start in June. There are prerequisites. You have to go onto the NRA instructor site. And we're, they start June 10th with basic instructor training, then pistol instructor training, uh, student carry training, uh, instructor carry training, range safety officer, and chief range safety officer. Just just to start, just to get your beak wet and get you into it. I think it's very important that everybody, uh, you know, learn from the best. And Chuck and Luann mm, are the best. Yeah, Todd Dunham, I replied to your show this morning and received a great like and a reply. I wonder if that was you. It was not an automatic uh, automatic reply, was it? Nope, Todd, that was me. I'm wired 24-7 when Phoebe <laughs> is not covering for me, uh, but she covers for me for a lot. By the way, my phone number, if you have my cell phone number, it's being retired. You're going to get an autoresponder that it's being retired, just so you know uh, the number is going to be forwarded to the switchboard in a, a few weeks, just because I can't personally handle the volume of calls that come through my cell phone anymore. Um, so that number is being retired for text and voicemails. Excuse me a second. I get uh, over 300 texts a day and at least 50 to 75 phone calls a day on that number. And, uh, you know, I'm not 30 years old anymore. <laughs> I'm trying. Believe me, I'm trying. Hi, Anthony and Sandy. Thank you guys for what you're doing to keep us informed in this effed up state. I want to give some shout outs. Hillsborough LPD, Somerset County on the handling of their permits. Uh, he qualified in September. He was in awe of the entire place, the store, uh, the entire team. It made it painless and very helpful. And in a few short weeks, he got his carry permit. So thank you. There are police departments that are doing it right. I'm getting a lot of people coming in saying, I listen to you beating up all the police departments. This gentleman, um, he lives in Tewksbury. Uh, his name is Joe. And... Uh, he uh, went to Tewksbury, and he, then he went to Staples on Route 22 in Somerville Circle, and they laminated his carry, and they didn't even charge him. 
So, which is oh, really wow. nice. I, really I nice, like yeah. I like I like to hear stuff like that. Oh, Ken Armilio, NFT number three. Let me let me let me add this right now. I have to say, yesterday's NFT event was off the charts. Just a packed day. Uh, it would have been impossible for a 2A enthusiast not to join. Seeing a pro shooter live like that was a first for me and an unbelievable sight. Great chance to mingle with both previous and new friends I have met as part of the Gunfire family and as well to throw some lead down range. Wish I could have stayed later than 6 p.m. It went till 8. I'll admit when you first introduced the NFT program, there was no doubt that I would participate as a Gunfire family member and supporter, but had my doubts whether I would... Uh, uh, get any real benefit from it beyond my current gold membership, which I have had since pre-opening of your range. Boy, have you proved me wrong. Between the range day, the discount swag, my first ever challenge coin, and the opportunity to talk to manufacturers and handle so many different products at the SIG table, no NFT buyer remorse here. Add in the focused, open access to a private Discord channel where you know it's only real 2A people is unmatched anywhere. I feel sorry for those that hesitated or missed out on an NFT. P.S. I think you owe Joe Sapp a commission. He showed me the P226X5 and convinced me to order one. <laughs> it will be a long five to eight week wait. Great job and congratulations on all aspects as you continue to grow. And most of all, thank you for being the tip of the spear. See you soon, Kenneth Armilio. So you know what they also got? They got to order any gun they want from the uh, uh, from the Smith uh, Sig Custom Shop direct. No markup and fifteen percent off. Oh man! Price. Yeah, everybody. They all. Everybody that bought an NFT for five hundred dollars made their money back in spades, which that is alone. exactly what I wanted. Yeah. yeah, which is exactly what I wanted, and I think that's that that's great. And uh, you know, it's just it's just a beautiful thing. And uh, oh, how much time do we have left? Uh, we've got a couple of minutes. All right. So listen to me. Uh, we have a member here, Keith Ellsberg, really really good guy. He has a beautiful little dog. And uh, his name is Wally. <laughs> and he's, he's a cute little rescue. And his wife took the dog out walking. And uh, Pitbull uh, unleashed, grabbed the dog by the throat. Oh, my God. Luckily, uh, his, the, Wally's 12, 12 pounds, by the way. And he's a therapy dog. And he's only 18 months old. Oh. While, but while he was at work, his wife was uh, walking the dog. And this dog ran over from a gas station and she ran the dog to Orlando hospital and the dog is going to be okay. He's a little uh, traumatized and everything, but no real permanent damage. Fortunately, of course they w cops went to the gas station. Nobody knew anything. Nobody mm. knew anybody about the dog or anything, but of course there's cameras and everything. So they're going to get busted. The scumbags that they are, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but uh, you know, we talked about this all the time and uh, Jess B and everybody we talk about, you know, you own a dog, your dog should be on a leash. Yeah. I don't care. Absolutely. You know, how trained your dog yep. is, your dog should be on a leash. And, uh, you know, when a big dog attacks a little dog like that, and, you know, Keith was like, you know, this is one of the reasons why if his wife had a carry permit, you know, I certainly, I don't know if it would be justified or not, but if a 90-pound aggressive dog or 120-pound aggressive dog attacked Rex, I'm probably going to shoot the other dog. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm absolutely. most likely going to shoot the other dog. And, yep. you know, if there's if I get charged with discharging in a, you know, whatever. So I don't be care. it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't care. But, you know, that's one more reason of self-defense in guns. But, you know, they hate us. Yeah. They they hate us. Absolutely. And once you realize they hate us, it all makes sense, right? Um, another one I got, Rich C. sent me an email, Mattisquan. 
His uh, his CC permit went perfectly, applied December 16th. The officer was knowledgeable about the process and called his references the week of March 6th, and he got his permit March 13th. So uh, December 16th, that went through the judges, Rich C. You'll probably get it sooner uh, than that. But, yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing horror stories from everywhere. People are just waiting so long. There's probably about 30 towns and. You know, it's really shitty what you guys and girls are doing to our, our people yeah. out there. Yeah. And, I, you know, I wish I wish you would learn. Uh, I noticed, like, on Reddit pages and stuff everywhere uh, on the Internet, people will post what's the process to get a hiring permit, and they post a link to our page. Oh, well. So they do the work for me. I just want to tell you, between listeners, supporters, Matt, Phoebe, Tony, uh, Urena, and my entire team, we stay on top of every little change. Plus, we're wired into Evan Knappen, Peter Tillum, you know, Adam Lusberg, Frank Pisano, Dan Schmutter, Scott Bach. Me being an NRA mem- board member and ANGRPC board member doesn't hurt. But if you go to gunfire.com and click on gun permit, everything's there. I mean, Brad Hendricks wrote up the whole page on how to handle problems. With links and everything, nice. I mean it's it's all there. So yeah. I'll see, I'll go on Reddit or something, and I'll see somebody will post. How do I do the process? Or and they just post our link, which I thank you all for doing that. We try to keep it relevant. And even if the person lives in South and Central Jersey in Pork World territory, and they're not going to come to my range and qualify, I like the fact that they're following the procedure properly, and they're, they're not going to get denied or or delayed. You know, right? right. Uh, the same thing with I see people posting all the time. How do I get paper? carry uh, fingerprints for like my Florida or my Connecticut carry permit a few departments in New Jersey will still do paper prints for you some will charge 10 bucks 20 dollars some won't do it we do it every Tuesday and Wednesday it's listed on our website and just yesterday I saw on Reddit somebody needed paper prints and they tried like five or six avenues and it didn't work and a follower posted our link and that person ended up coming in here to get the fingerprints you know so we try to make it easy. We try to work around the, the obstacles. I get accused of being a capitalist, the greedy, money-hungry, or anything, but <laughs> I got bills to pay, bitches. <laughs> and okay? 90% this of shit what you're don't doing run on that itself. thing. It's, it's, you're not doing this with any uh, uh, commercial intent. Um, there's far more money being put into that than it will ever yield to you. But I got bills to pay anyway. I don't want to hear their shit. You know, what do you guys do for a living? How do you feed your family? Do you cash a check at the end of the week? If you you own a business, well, the people that own businesses aren't posting that stuff. Yeah, they're not. No, exactly. I mean, what the the hell? It doesn't come out free. I stopped pooping golden eggs years ago. (laughs) Right, right. And there's that, you know, there's that money tree that uh, the leaves are kind of uh, shaking on. So, you know, there there it is. A couple more things before we... Oh, no, too late. All right, good. I'll do housekeeping next, and then we're going to do... Hey, yo! Hey, Hey, you're on. Let's make a deal. (laughs) Diane Pruitt, founder, Guiding Reigns Equine Assisted Therapy for Veterans first responders, and their families. Another incredible activity that we've done, we had them work in teams um, where they had to get the horses through the obstacles. No lead line, no touching, uh, but had them carry what we called a bucket of burdens. And we actually had them write on a sticker two goals and two burdens, you know, of each team member. And the goal, the only stipulation was that you could never set that bucket down and that you needed to exchange the bucket. Once you completed an obstacle, then I would hand it off to you. And we had like four obstacles. And so I observed, and we watched this team go through this whole process. And when uh, it was a female veteran, she never let that bucket go. And once they completed an obstacle, we asked them to, to take a rock or go out and set it down the obstacle. Never unloaded a rock. 
finished the whole activity. I asked her how that went. She said, oh, it went great. You know, the horse did everything. And um, yeah, we feel like we really succeeded and we really feel good about it. And uh, she's standing there holding it. And I said, uh, you're still holding that bucket of burdens. And again, it was, she looks down at the bucket and looks at me like I had hit her between the eyes. And it just, again, the tears started to flow. And I said, you carry it all? She said, I sure do. Carried all those dreams, all those goals, and all those burdens, but would not hand it off to somebody else to unload it. That's that magical part I can't explain. You can help keep this life-changing and vital program alive for veterans, first responders, and their caregivers. Won't you please help? 100% of your one-time or recurring tax-deductible contribution goes directly to transforming the life of a deserving, disabled brother or sister in arms. Let's not turn our backs on those who have given themselves to preserving our liberty and rescuing us from harm. Please join me and the scores of other veterans and first responders who are stepping up to help our fallen brothers and sisters. Go to guidingreigns.org. See what they're accomplishing and consider helping us save this program from extinction. Because if it disappears, so does hope for so many families just like yours. Guidingreigns.org. G-U-I-D-I-N-G-R-E-I-N-S dot O-R-G. Gun for Hire Radio is brought to you by Marty's V-Burger. Voted best house-made burger by Vegan News Magazine. Go to martysvburger.com. Marty has locations in Manhattan and Queens. And don't forget to mention Gun for Hire for 20% off. We back? We back. Hey, let me do some hey, housekeeping. Hey, doing? Marty from Marty's V-Burger. Marty, he was at nice the, the NFT event. So I know we, you ran his commercial this week? Yes, every week. Okay, good. All right, now we got another one. Peter Tillum, NY TAC Defense. If you live anywhere in New York, please don't hesitate. NYTAC, D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Mention Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio for 10% off the $35 monthly fee. Please. Uh, U.S. Law Shield. If you come here to qualify on the Thursdays and Fridays that we run it, we do calls Thursday 12 to 3 and Friday 5 to 8, no appointment necessary. John from U.S. Law Shield has a table set up here and will answer all your questions and sign you up. If not, go to uslawshield.com. Use code word gun for hire, one word for your 10% discount. Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino is available on Amazon, Kindle, the Gun for Hire store as well, so check it out. The quarantine crawl is going through some major changes. Next week, I hope I can announce it. Uh, my doctor, OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. OptimalHealthWellnessNJ.com. My wife, Tracy, just signed up with the doctor now because her doctor got too old and too inaccessible, so I'll keep you posted on how that goes. So the both of us are on it now. Concierge medicine, like you cannot believe it. Uh, Zen Float Center, 219 Park Ave, Scotch Flip Plains, zenfloatcenter.com. Check out Sharon and Chris Decker. Don't forget Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club, L-A-K-E-I-S dot org. And my buddy John in Monmouth County at Aberdeen Guns. We've been communicating a lot. Support those who support you. John is one of the good guys, doesn't have that ego, not out there spreading rumors and trying to destroy other people to better himself like that second floor place or that other place that's trying to do shit to me. So. Uh, F them all because uh, right makes might, bitches. 
Right makes might. Anyway, or might makes right as well. That, but that's when I got to take out my big stick, and I'm not ready for that right now. If you did not sign up for the Friends of the NRA event in October, do it now. Steve Churchill is banking on you showing up to the Friends of the NRA dinner. I am the keynote speaker. We will have a table. We will also be the FFL. We will be advertising. And of course, we will be donating a bunch of stuff. It's October 5th. October 5th, 2023 at Biagio's in Paramus. Great food. There's no excuse for you not to be there. CNJFO is having the DC Project Fundraiser Saturday, July 29th, 2023, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. at the mansion on Main Street in Voorhees. Guest speaker will be Bill Spadia, Brian Bergen, the Assemblyman, and Jay Factor so far. I'm trying to clear my schedule to make it there. I have a conflict, but if not, I'll be donating something. And, of course, the Convention of the States is meeting on March uh, 25th. Uh, um, uh, please save the date, Saturday, March 25th. Convention of the States is holding a town hall from 3 to 5 p.m. at the King of Kings Worship Center on Valley Road and Basking Ridge. And they are also hosting Bill Spadia, who's going to be speaking at the CNJFO. Bill gets around. He's like me, like poop. Okay, this is based on Article five of the U.S. Constitution. The patriots involved are using the Constitution to bring our constitutional republic back to its origins. Their Facebook page is COS Project NJ for more information. Support those who support you. So now, as promised, we have uh, the lawyer, Kologi. But first, we have one of the assistant prosecutors for New Jersey talking about uh, carrying Wild West pimp style at your kid's soccer game <laughs> or cheerleading game. That they're concerned about. And remember now, at the end of Father Guido Sarducci, we're going to hear the real reason why they passed this law in New Jersey. The real reason comes out. Okay, the real reason comes out, so stay till the end. Sandy will be pausing from time to time so we can have some commentary. The audio isn't the best, but we got it from John Ray um, Sr., and we love him for going out of his way to get it for us. So you're going to get ready to listen. Remember I talk about this is the soprano state. Now, our boss, our capo regime in New Jersey is Phil Murphy. He reports to the capo de tutte de capo, which is Goldman Sachs in New York. That's right. Corzine and Murphy both reported yep. to that. All the big funding shit, all the big money that the taxpayers pay, besides going to illegals and criminals, Goldman Sachs gets all the contracts to finance and everything. Yep. Like the wind farms that are killing the whales, the dolphins, and the seals and everything right now. Murphy doesn't talk about that because... It's Goldman Sachs that's making all the money on that, and he came from Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs is the capo de tutte de capo, and the head of the five families in New Jersey is Murphy right now, and then the other families are the assembly, the legislature, the teachers' union. Need I say more? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, need I say more? And us, it's a big club. We ain't in it. So I want you to listen (laughs) to the quality of the attorney the state of New Jersey hired to represent Coughlin and Skateri, the Senate president and the assembly leader. I want you to listen to the quality of the attorney after you hear the female attorney general, assistant attorney general. Roll tape, biatch. This is the female attorney general. Yeah, I don't know her name. It's not Angela Kai, but I don't know. And, and she's having a discussion with uh, Judge Bum, uh, <laughs> who appears to be a little aggravated at uh, at her not being able to make a point and uh, a little argumentative. Well, let's take a listen and see. I have one last question for you, Ms. Riley. Thank you. How do you define just unjustifiable This is Judge Bum. Yes, Your Honor. So, as you just 
you know, like to pick your nose. Right. She's very so well prepared. Under, under the criminal code 2-2C3, if the mens rea is not specified, uh, then it's knowingly. And then under the criminal code 2 Now, that's a, that's a, this is an interesting point here, too. If the mens rea is not specified, then it is knowingly. So... Again, it's the same situation in New Jersey where you are guilty till proven innocent. Till proven innocent. So mens, mens, hold it for a second, yep, Sam. Sure. Mens rea is the intention or knowledge of wrongdoing that constitutes part of a crime as opposed to the action or conduct of the accused. So a mistaken belief in consent meant that the defendant lacked mens rea. Like, but just an accidental, you know, like, listen, at the, at the New York parade, a sniper dropped his rifle off of a roof. Right. A police sniper dropped his rifle off the roof, Sandy. Right. right. You know, that's not mens rea, I right. guess. I don't know. But No, but he anyway. didn't intentionally drop it to try to, to hit someone on the head with it. Correct. If he Correct. would have intentionally dropped it to try to hit someone on the head with it and knowingly knew that if he threw it off the roof and it hit him in the head, that proves that he knew what his intent was and he deliberately acted on it, which is mens rea. Correct. So go ahead. Like brandishing would yeah. be bad. Would be and bad. And then to look yeah. at the text of your shirt sticking on your gun would be okay. Right. Section three A yes. defines how you have to carry. You have to carry in a holster. And then section three H gives the holster specifications. It has to be a sheath that securely retains the handgun. The main body of the firearm has to be concealed, and the trigger has to be covered and inaccessible. And then and then section 3A again exempts sort of brief incidental exposure. So it expressly says like, okay, so your clothing shifted while um, yep, exactly. you, know, you were moving, that doesn't count. If it's a brief incidental exposure, does not count. And then what is what is a justifiable She's not too too stupid, this one. She's pretty smart, by the way. This one is? Yeah, she's well-versed. I guess they brought her in because the other one chipped over herself all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but here's where it goes south, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Answer. And there's always going to be some like hypotheticals. Well, what about this? What about that? But under the facial challenge that they brought, they have to show things in all of its applications. And I think we would all agree if someone, despite the holster carry requirements, 
Okay. Listen to this. This is and great. And unholster their gun and put it on the desk and say, <laughs> I would like to discuss with you um, my daughter's grade in history. Um, That's is, how they collect is, our is taxes. That used for yeah. self-defense? No. <laughs> what if a person were to be like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. I just got my new gun. Listen. And What the? Passing it around where it's dropped, things like that. Could you, that's that, what, that's what they that think of us. Yes. An exactly. Display of the handgun because it's Carrying not Wild West pimp style. Right. So right. Spinning my gun and passing it around. Right. Right. So I think that there is some room for disagreement. Can we agree on that? Spinning my gun and passing it around. It's unbelievable, but this is exactly the way they feel about mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. it's exactly mm-hmm. the way they feel this is the this is the impression this is the uh, the picture of us wanting to exercise a constitutional right can you imagine just transplant or supplant the um, first amendment with the second amendment and mm-hmm. and just say how dare you oh they're out there uh you know showing this uh the Quran off saying, "Oh, look at my new Quran I just got." Uh, can you can you imagine? Can you just imagine that context? They hate us. Of course they do, and they and they us. they have pro- they prove it every single time they open their mouths. And this is how little they know about the other side of the argument. It, and, and what enrages me a bit is the fact that. This has become a cultural thing that there is a in the mind of the bureaucrats. It is a it's a cultural thing. The gun culture they refer to all the time. You know, the gun culture. They want to keep their little guns. Oh, look at this. I just got this really cool new little gun here. And they're spinning it on their finger like a cartoon when they miss the point entirely until They're walking down a dark alley in the middle of the night and are attacked by a gang. Yeah, they don't look at it. Well, they want the gang to win. That's their voter base. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. It apparently is. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, now we have uh, Father Guido Sarducci. Kologi. Now, this is a long one, guys, and and, uh, I apologize uh, for the length of it, but I really think you got to hear this. No, let it run. We don't care if it goes over time. Let it run. We'll don't stop it. We'll just add commentary. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> Listen up and enjoy yourselves. <laughs> hey, yo, hey. hey, hey, hey how you doing? Okay. Mr. Kologi. Mr. Wine Connoisseur. He's trying to kiss her ass. And he's condescending at the same time. Trying to make her agree to a scenario that doesn't exist. Now he goes all Donald Trump on it. What I am 
we got the best law in the world here. Their legislation's the best legislation. It's the best. You've never it's seen legislation like this before, Your Honor. It was a perfect legislation. A perfect one. You can see here. I just want to back up to the preamble, though, Mr. Kolodji, because yeah, I do think the legislation misrepresents the Jones Hopkins study. Ah, I, they got I caught lying. I to, to see that. We can agree um, to disagree. I think it misrepresents what the Jones Hopkins <laughs> uh, study said, um, because the analysis in the Jones Hopkins study dealt with going from a shell issue to a permanent permitless that got constitutional state. Um, and that's the constitution. what the focus of that study was, which is not what we have here. So I was disappointed to see that the legislature would put in its legislation a study that really is not applicable to the legislation. And, it's, and, and the study's alarming, but it's not applicable here. I guess I, may, I say that as an observation. Yeah, but Dan I wasn't happy about that either. rely upon the Johns Hopkins study, it should, it should characterize it apples to correctly. Orange, yeah. yep. And I'll leave it at that. They tried. Judge, yeah. I will certainly Listen. You know, acknowledge that. He has no idea. He's never read the Hopkins you know, study. No. He was at the tanning booth 10 minutes ago. It'll review that further. As I said, at the end of the day, it's going to be up to this court to determine whether the historical he's got. He's right back out to his talking point because he can't really figure it out. A lot of great stuff. They submitted all the briefs in writing. They're not there to discuss the insurance issue. They're there to discuss the, 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 the restrictive places. Listen, idiot, read the fucking court shit. He told, she told them. Just pointing it out, because you're an idiot, Your Honor. You're, you're an idiot. They didn't even submit a lot of information. How could it be good? It just gives a got pages and pages. Opinion, argument that, well, the insurance will be more expensive. That is basically the totality, to my knowledge, of what has been submitted. I would have had my paralegal make a ticker. And I totality of his knowledge. If he would end in about a 10-second conversation. We got a lot of pages. It's the best. We got pages. Pages. It's the writing. All kinds of words. If you compare it to the 
when they say weigh your decision, Your Honor, you should weigh our paperwork against their paperwork. The heavier paperwork is better. Listen to this. Imagine if personal injury attorneys had to have insurance for malpractice. They can't afford to, voices ask. He goes back to Johns Hopkins again later. No insurance company will write insurance for criminal acts. Right, exactly. But he's under a, he, whoever he consulted was unaware of anything. Here comes, he's a PR attorney. Vis -a -vis. I think, uh, the Deputy Attorney General, the BB gun example was very illustrative of that fact. You could shoot at a car with a BB gun and it somehow ricochets and you hit the guy in the eye. So you intended to do the act, but not the result. There's a whole body of case law on that. And since I just heard it, you know, for the first time, I'm not in a position to, uh, you know, to argue it. But it certainly is an issue. But the point is, in the papers that are before Your Honor today, you know, there is nothing other than everything that we've given and a net allegation by the other side that it's going to be expensive and again we are viewing this now if your honor somehow viewed this differently that this impact oh my god this does not impact on the second amendment this you're not, not seeing it our way your knows. honor yeah you right, know, it's exactly. not an infringement on the second amendment. just because it's you're expensive you know it's not like if uh you know them negroes who had to own uh, land in order to have like a gun you know you had to be a landowner that's just it's just it, they should be able to buy it just because they're slaves. To characterize it as anything else, uh, you know, I think would be... It's just really a paperwork requirement. Yeah, paperwork. Yeah. With a fee attached to it. Yeah, with a fee, with a big fee attached to it. And one more hoop to jump on. Except for the fact there is no insurance. Here we go. Here's where they reveal, they show their true power. Unfortunately, I have it in here in my notes, the Johns Hopkins study, and there's another study. Again! How you read up on the requirements of gun carrying have had an increase in gun related incidents. I mean, I think it seems like a reasonable inference to be drawn. You're not going to have less inference, the more uh, less of a problem, the more guns out there. It shouldn't go down, it should, you know, likely go up. And these yeah. two studies more guns, more crime, more guns, more crime. 
They've said this for years and years and years, and have ignored. Listen. Listen. Guns have two functions: kill or seriously injure. Full stop. Boom. What about that, Your Honor? <laughs> He's busted. Well, let me let me qualify hey. it. The gun itself, Ugh. the the metal object the, that has the cylinders, the metal or object, the automatic. polymer. Two things that that could do if it makes contact with somebody. It's either going to injure the metal them object or that has the cylinder or the automatic. He's not happy. No, we're not. They're not well, saying the same thing. I hope we are. They're I not. Think it's important to the conversation that we be careful with the words we God, use. She's so suave. He's such a Going beauty and the beast going on. Yes. Do guns give someone the right to self-defense? Yes. So I think it's important that when we have this conversation, we have a fair one. That's all I mean. She ain't hearing any of it. I certainly didn't mean to not be fair. Okay. Coming uh, back from it. The there's no the coming back. And the danger to other people. In their mind, a death by a gun or a serious, yep. a serious two by a gun. results right are there. The the there is no, no leeway is for when someone threatens your life and you display a firearm in self-defense that you have completely quelled the situation and the attacker changes their mind and walks away, which is option number three, which happens most of the time, right? Um, and, 
and let me see if I can ask the question this way. Here we go. Um, because we're talking about the balancing of the equities. You seem to be saying to me that there is no difference between a law-abiding citizen who fulfills the requirements that the legislation requires to obtain a carry permit versus those who do not. That's what you mm. seem to be saying to me. Who's more dangerous? Well, Judge, I, I mean, <laughs> oh. you've characterized it in a broader sense. Answer the question. We, you know, what we spoke about, I'd, I'd just like to make it more limited, that when we're talking about something where the possibility on one side of the scale is a death or a serious injury, to me, that is a significant problem for the public safety and for affected people. What we're talking about, the balancing on the other side is... I can't bring my gun into this particular place. And again, this isn't forever. We're only here today on a preliminary injunction. Yeah, no, but I, I, want, I really want to hold you to it because you don't seem to uh -oh. be making a distinction between the types of plaintiffs here who have gone through these rigorous requirements and have, to, have obtained a carry permit to, to, to felons who haven't. You, you just seem to be saying, well, anyone who walks into a restaurant near the death versus a non-death, that's the analysis. But I don't think that's a fair analysis. I don't think that's the fair analysis that this court should be doing. Because unless you're going to tell me, I mean, maybe, maybe this is the better question, um, do you have evidence to, to support the position that there is an increased, that there is increased violence by issuing more permits in the manner that this legislation requires? Do you have that evidence? Well, Judge, there will be no evidence, and I think this was brought up earlier in either the paperwork or a transcript uh, in New Jersey, because this is a relatively new statute, and government yeah. being what it is, statistics wouldn't be compiled. So we have to look to extrinsic sources. New Jersey of has course, had tariffs for many, many years, and statistics could be based on study. that. And then there was Back to the Johns study. Hopkins study. Right, just to be clear, the Listen. I, 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 I'm, I'm taking you a little bit of task to task on the Johns Hopkins Oh, study. He's an idiot. In that study, they analyzed going to a permitless scenario. We don't have that here. This legislation requires a very rigorous, extensive background permit process. So I think it's unfair to say, look at these studies and look at the increase in shootings and officer involvement when they don't apply to the facts of this case. That's, that's what Semantics, I want to Semantics, Your Honor. <laughs> well, Judge, if you're asking me to Ugh. articulate what are yeah. the dangers to the public interest and to individuals, we thought that, obviously, injury or death by firearms are the most significant. I don't have anything in front of me at the moment in addition to that, but we think that that, you know, is the gravamen of the issue. I'm sorry, you know, if I respectfully am not uh, responding or I'm not meaning to disagree with you. I'm just saying that, that that's our viewpoint of it. No, and I think that, I'm, I, I guess to sum it up, I mean, your viewpoint is, is that when there's more guns, there's more violence. That's it. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what you're saying. Regardless of how those guns are obtained, whether lawfully through law-abiding citizens, such as the plaintiffs here, or through felons, because there's more guns, there's more violence, and that's, that's the analysis you want me to Correct, Your Honor.
has to deal with the evidence that relates to law-abiding citizens who obtain carry permits. It just seems to me. Maybe we're saying the same thing and maybe we're going in circles. I don't know. I think we're pretty much. I just need to get a little clarification about an accord, if I may. They have the burden of proving prongs three and four, the public interest and the injury to other people. We just gave you what we believe are the most compelling examples of that, death, serious injury. I don't know if the court's saying they don't have to prove that. Now, I'm just trying to understand your honest process. I'm sorry. Because I think that in your comments, when you make those kinds of comments, you are asking this court to presume that those who have valid carry permits will somehow engage in violence. And I think that is a step taken too far unless you can show me evidence of such. Judge, I will say that that is not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is the court to rely on the studies because we don't have any actual empirical data from New Jersey or statistics. It's too soon. I'm asking the court to rely on the studies submitted for the general proposition that the more gun incidents, the more likely there's going to be deaths or there's going to be injuries. That's it. I'm not saying it's going to come from law-abiding citizens. They could be law-abiding 364 days a year and on that one day go awry. Okay. One day awry. I appreciate it. It is the state's position you should have no guns. Go ahead. We should have no guns. Yes, Your Honor. Full stop. Yep. The soprano state here. No guns. They put him out there because Kateri and Coughlin, the guy they wanted, was in Florida, and he asked to zoom into the meeting, and Judge Bump said, no, you have to be here. So he was there slathering copper tone on his body. So they got a personal injury attorney from the Linden area to read a page or two on the car ride down from Linden to Camden to the federal courthouse, and he presented, which wasn't their best foot forward, but it was good because he was blatantly honest. Yeah. Because he read it the way he saw it, and that's what he did. And he was blatantly honest. So we know this all along forever, right? Right. So they want no guns, basically. They want total control of us, no guns. Only the criminals will have guns. We're all lambs to the slaughter. We, the third tier, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. Full stop, Your Honor. That's pretty much it. And that's a wrap for this week's show. I hope we entertained you listening to Mike Cousin Vinny. The two youths were carrying a gun. Uh, check out Crime Proof. Think like a criminal. Beat them at their own game. Don't forget Guiding Reigns. We ran the commercial. And there's big changes coming to the quarantine crawl. We got to get Matt moving. Matt, get moving on the quarantine crawl. Thank you all. And with Your Honor. that, 
the clock on the wall does say it all. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, which you just mentioned, think like a criminal and beat them at their own game available wherever great books are sold, including the bookstore gun shop, gun range known as Gun for Hire, where you might even, if you catch him from time to time, because he doesn't usually go into work, uh, have him sign <laughs> your book. So yes. and doesn't take apparently doesn't take phone calls now or texts anyway. Or texts. Or texts yes. any, of any kind. Well, with that, uh, God willing, Jesus tarries and the batteries hold out from the uh, shadows of the New York City skyline and the still beautiful shores of the Gulf of Mexico. We love you guys. We will see you again next week. 